0: Every single, day I feel yeah. I own. every single day i feel the art list i every single day i feel the pressure. double up the weight, let's make it extra working so my mother get arrested yeah. working like i never know i'm best yeah. every single day i feel the pressure double- welcome back welcome back it's your boy c-rock here in that one studio on the what are you made of show so happy to be here. I was just telling our guest today, Meg, that I, you know, it's Monday. So I, I'm always fired up on Mondays. Sundays are for me, like a lot of people have rest days and like it's cool and everything. But like for me, it's like I, I get so Sundays aren't good days for me. Um, I just like it, it's like, like I'm trying to get to my Friday, which is my Monday. So anyway, I'm a little different. Uh, but today we have another great guest to share what they're made of. We're going to get the ingredients that have gone into making Meg Yelaney, who she is, mm-hmm. what she's doing right now. And I have a feeling. Have a feeling that she's going to get vulnerable and transparent, so that you can relate to her, and then you're going to guys are going to hear and learn a lot today. So I'm I'm really excited. Megan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I, I'm with you, except since I've had my twins, every day is is the same. So I don't even know what day of the week it is. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's Monday. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I'm really pumped me, to be here.
0: Let Let me introduce you here. As far as your bio, um, you're a three time business owner, having brought in over three million in less than five years in your latest business. You served over a 1,000 clients and have helped five clients reach the million mark, which is freaking phenomenal to help other people. Uh, you're focusing primarily on helping online coaches and course creators brand and market their businesses by harnessing what makes them most memorable, viable, and obsessible. I love that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also a wife, singer, and host of the Pretty Awkward Entrepreneur podcast. And of course, we talked about the twins, Kevin and Aiden,
1: yeah. uh, the
0: two little boys, huh?
1: Yeah, and, two little boys, seven weeks. And golden
0: doodle. <laughs> and a golden doodle, which just cool to have a dog too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Meg, let's, uh, let's kick this thing off, man. I, I want to know the first question I always ask to start the show, what are you made of?
1: I love this question, by the way. I was like, this is a great Thank way you. to kick it off. Yeah. I would say I'm trying to like, when I was thinking about it, I want to kind of narrow it down to a couple words. I feel like that really represent it. So I feel like I am made of grit and perseverance and love. And vulnerability. So I love that you said that. And those are, when I really think about it, those are like some four of the ingredients that I feel like have really gotten me to where I am. Um, and if I add like cherry on top, I would say fun slash adventure, because this entrepreneur world can be so stressful and pressure filled. But I notice the more fun I have, the more money I do make. And I feel like a lot of people experience that when they really let go. So I want to add that on.
0: I love that. You know. Um, I- in my journey from switching to being running the mortgage company that I had to now being, you know, the founder of that one two years in, just about here coming up in April. Like, it's it's it, you're talking about stress and and this and that, but it's like you gotta expect this journey to have these kind of things so that when it happens, you're like, Of course, good. Like, yeah. bring it on. Mm-hmm. But like cash flow management in entrepreneurship. Cash flow management and understanding what to spend here, what this st- it—that's it, the part that's for me the the most fun and challenging. And and sometimes you get like a a lump in not a lump not a lump in your throat, but like a a feeling in your chest or something. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you know, it's yeah. just, it's an up and up, up and down thing. And and uh, I love that you said that. So I want to talk about with what you've done in the past. First of all, before you were doing what you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. What did you do? Like, did you go to college? Like out of college? Like, what did you do first? Like what was your first like was it a corporate gig? Like what's your story?
1: Yeah, I guess, and not that it's unique, but it's a little unique in the sense that I wasn't one of the many online coaches I've coached who wanted to desperately leave their nine to five. I actually never had a nine to five. I come from a musical theater background. My mom was on Broadway when she was 10 years old. It's in my bones, in my genes. And I was this close to going to school for theater. I got into some really great theater schools in the country and then was like, I want to move to San Diego. I live in New York and I wanted to get out of the cold. So I moved to San Diego, went to San Diego State, and had the best time of my life for those four years. It was work hard to play hard. And I really, really got to have that college experience, but I also did work really hard. And I actually majored in marketing just because it sounded fun. I was mm-hmm. like, this seems cool, this seems creative, it seems similar to acting, let's let's do this. Ended up falling in love with it and really, really enjoyed it. And then said, all right, that was cool, now let's move to LA to pursue film, TV, and theater and forget about our degree. And so I, I did that. And during those years, I did the typical thing that a lot of actors do. I waited tables and did a ton of background work, those blurs in the background. Decent, get paid kind of decently, but the work is draining. And yeah. After a while I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is so exhausting. I have to have it out. And I started in network marketing basically because I just got really great results with the product and it was such a natural next step for me. I actually had been recommending the products for a year, not getting paid. So when I found out, I was like, what? I could have wow. been making money for a year. <laughs> um dove knee deep into that. And about a couple years later, I hit six figures and was able to totally stop all of those uh, side jobs. And then when I moved back to New York, I just started to get this itch to start something of my own. While I love, love, love network marketing, it just felt a little restrictive in the sense that I didn't have control over the products and things like that. But yeah, I really got started in college in marketing, but also I think my career as an actor and performer and just creative was kind of a really beautiful duo. But I'd say the biggest benefit uh, or one-up I had is that in acting, you literally get told no every day, five times a day sometimes if you're going on multiple auditions a day. So when I came into this world, especially network marketing, hearing no didn't face me i was like oh okay cool at least it's not to my face because of singing or acting or how i look (laughs) you know i was like gosh that's like really hard to hear but this felt easy in a sense so i feel like if you come from that kind of background it just makes the inevitable nose you're gonna get so much easier so that was kind of like my before um so yeah never had really a traditional nine to five had many many jobs to pay the bills
0: and you're back in new york now
1: I am. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. My husband and so, I are actually by coastal. We own a home in Las Vegas. Um, oh, but since we have the twins, we wanted to come back to New York cause the, the healthcare is just really good. Here. And all that, yeah. And healthcare yeah.
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the thing about that networking and marketing stuff is like, you don't have control. That product could just go, the company could falter and you built this yeah. whole thing. I've seen so many people that were making, I don't know how much money. And then all of a sudden the, the company, and then they got to start, feel like they got to start over and pull all their people to another thing. And,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So I love, like what you're doing now and you're building your own thing. You have control over it. You can pivot very easily when you have your own thing as well. Yep. So, and then, so into this coaching, right. Mm-hmm. And helping people with their coaching. Um, It seems like since COVID, a lot of people got into coaching. Right. And Must. I hear this all the time. Like, oh, everybody's a coach now, this and that. Yeah. What is your philosophy or thoughts, first of all, on the coaching industry of like, who should be a coach, who shouldn't be, when should you decide that it's okay? To, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great question. I got into it uh, in, I would say, 2017 was when I really started my coaching business, so before like the big boom. So when the big boom happened, happened, I was already pretty established. Um, Obviously, it definitely helped my business, but I did, like you said, see, unfortunately, a lot of people who really probably shouldn't be coaches or shouldn't be coaches yet – start to be coaches, right? And I get it, like I want everyone to go for what they want and I think everyone has the opportunity, the uh, availability to, but I think there's a fine line and I don't mean that you need a ton of certifications. I don't think that's actually what makes a great coach. I think it's really having the lived experience combined with the chops. And that could either be from helping people in your real life, that could be from a certification that you then practiced on. But I really think just you putting in the work a lot for free is going to help you get to that point where, okay, I've helped enough people have some transformations. Even if it's a couple steps behind you that now I feel like I can start charging for this. And that's the part that I notice a lot of people that I've worked with are hesitant to do. They want to just start making money right away and I get it. But I did a lot of free coaching in the beginning to get good. To get really good at it ask really powerful questions be able to read between the lines you know what i mean Yeah. yeah exactly the powerful questions that's pretty much all coaching is there's the the best moments of coaching that i've noticed i think this is where people think they're coaching but they're actually consulting um is you're not telling them necessarily what to do you're guiding them to kind of come to it on their own um and so what i notice a lot of people call themselves coaches and then when i actually look at what they're doing i'm like you're actually consulting, which is great and fine and awesome, but it, it's a little different. And so true coaching is really helping them come to the realization, the breakthrough on their own by these really powerful questions that they wouldn't have asked or thought outside the box if you weren't guiding them. And it's so powerful when it's done right.
0: Yeah. And uh, is it is it possible to be a consultant and a coach together?
1: I think so. I, I consider yeah. myself a I hope so, because that's what I consider yeah. uh-huh. myself. <laughs> oh, no. no, I don't think it's possible, but I do <laughs> <laughs> it. Right yeah. yeah, I definitely think so. And it's interesting you say that because I, I kind of put the hat on and I'll even ask my clients sometimes. I think this is a really good thing to do yourself for everyone listening. Ask like, hey, what do you need right now? Do you want me to just give you a plan so you can go run with it? Great. Or do you really want to talk it through because it's deeper than that? You know, if it's something deeper and they're in their heads and they really need to get out of their heads and their body, whatever it is, coaching is is the tool. But then there's some moments where my clients are like, I just need that business strategy that I hired you for. Great. Here it is. Go do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like my wife when she's telling me something and I'm trying to fix it instead of yes. just, she just needs me to listen right now.
1: <laughs> my husband does that to me all the time. Our our has <laughs> helped him with that. He's like, sometimes she just wants you to hug her, don't yeah. solve her problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I, when I don't that. know. I, I like I'll ask
1: <laughs> before exactly.
0: I take any action here. <laughs>
1: just ask. No, that's I love great. it.
0: All right. So then, when you first started your business, you know, obviously, you know, being a coach is like okay. Let's say that's your genius. That's what you love. Your passion. You're good at it. And let's say you didn't have your marketing degree, right? Mm-hmm. So like coaches a lot of times have the problem of like, oh, well, how do I market? And yeah. and I don't, I'm not a marketer and I don't know what to do. And if, and if I do, it's not something I want to do and like, like talk us through that part. Uh, I mean, for yourself yeah. and what you did, you had a marketing background, but still was a digital market. I don't know.
1: No, like, what no, was, it wasn't
0: like, go, go to market. What was go to market? Like when you first started launching?
1: Yeah, it was messy and really embarrassing. Now that I look back at it, those, those Facebook uh, time hops are very uh, cringy, but you know, I'm also proud of it. I'm like, Hey, I was just throwing stuff out there and trying like messy action always over no action. I really, really believe in that because you just, especially now you never know what's going to stick and the most random things will pop off and you're like, all right. They people liked that. Let's do more of that. I really think it's still an experiment in a way. Um, But when I first got started, um, I went when I went to school for marketing. The only there was one digital marketing class I did take, and Facebook was the only platform really going on. It was 2005, and I think Facebook was only available. To people with a college um, email. So I was Mm -hmm. so excited because I got it. uh, I was in college. I was a freshman. It was wonderful. And then all of a sudden things obviously started blowing up. So I really got the training on the, on the job, if you will, like throwing things out there. But what I realized, especially back in network marketing, they used to tell us, and this was my first entry into using digital marketing post three times a day and share value. And that was, that was it, you know, and, and you know, that's okay. That's, that's fine. And I think that's a great way to get started just to get comfortable, putting your face out there talking on video. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I realized was I was just throwing out, I was throwing spaghetti at the wall. There was no thought behind the client. It was very self-centered content and not purposefully, but it was all about me and my journey, which is great. But if you're trying to bring in clients, it's gotta be about them. And that's like the biggest switch I think is, well, there's kind of two things. One is making it about the client and going, what are they really thinking and feeling and worrying about and fearing, like really get into their head in that way. And then speaking to them in the language they understand. I think this is the biggest thing I have made a mistake doing. And so many clients I've worked with when you're in the coaching world or you've gotten your certifications or you've just been in it for a bit you use lingo that you think they get and you'll use kind of fluffy words, I guess, for a lack of a better word. And the, it goes right over their head. So you're not attracting those clients and you're like, but I'm using these like really great terms and, and I'm sharing at the process and all of that. But at the end of the day, they just want to know that you can solve their problem. And so you've got to speak to that result. And so I think That is the hardest part for coaches when they don't have a marketing background or or education around it is they just think, let me just share about the program. And they make it more about the offer than the transformation. And that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that has to be like at the forefront.
0: Yeah. And also how, how important is it to niche down? I mean, we hear this in marketing all the time, but in your experience, let's just say like I had, I had a lady that was on the show, um, earlier and she is a holistic nutritionist. And she was asking this questions like, you know, I can be, she's just selling her company, right? And she can be a a consultant for executives in business or business Mm -hmm. owners, or she can do help people that want to open up a holistic nutrition center like she did. And she just sold had success with. Love it. And she, and I said, well, this is my thought. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I said, well, you can help all those people. But your marketing yeah. and your messaging should be delivered to just that one vertical for now to start with. Yeah. And then you can expand from there. What are your thoughts? And, I'm not, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. I, I'm not, you know, I have can't.
1: No, <laughs> I love that. Great. Uh, no, 100%. I totally agree. And it's funny, I used to be one of those people like, I want to help everyone, especially no, when I was no, network marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to help everyone. And yeah. I refused to niche down. And once I did, I entered in and I helped fitness coaches with their business, specifically specifically women business coaches. And so that was, that got me way more niche. And that's when I started having success. And I was like, huh, interesting. That's not coincidental. And I actually have a very recent um, example of how powerful this can be. My husband and I started a brand last year called Megan Mike Do Marriage. We have a really um, cool story just uh, from separating to having this thriving marriage again and now having twins and just a lot of other stuff that's been thrown at us. And so we wanted to share a story. And that brand now has over 30,000 followers within four months. That's And go. it's been so fun. It's been yeah. like so cool. Thank you. It's been really fun to just build it one testing some of the strategies that I teach, you know, I'm like, let's go back to this and see if this works anymore, right, you know. Right. But also just really niching down. It has become a it went from becoming it's starting as like a relationship page to it's a twin parenting page. It okay. is officially yeah, twin that's, parenting.
0: That's yeah, that's that's very yeah.
1: Very niche. And it's funny because I was like, I wonder who's like really following us. And the more and more I look at the comments, especially on TikTok, but I did some polls on Instagram. I asked like, are you following for relationship, parenting, twin parenting, or I asked, sorry, are you a parent? Are you a twin parent? Ask like very specific questions. And over 60% are twin parents. And yeah, we've got yeah, there you go. a lot of people watching those stories. It. So yeah, I was like, it. Shows it. Whoa, we got super niche. And so that just shows you, and it was very recent. It's been the last four months. So there is so much power in niching down. And the biggest thing I've noticed with niching down too, like you just said, uh, is you're not going to actually exclude people. The people that are outside that bubble, they're going to look at you and go, Oh, I wonder if they also help so and So Mm -hmm. let me reach out. Every time I get really specific with a program, I did a launch last year and I said, I, I help people book out their one-on-one. I had multiple people message me saying, Hey, my one-on-one's booked out, but do you also help people with their group coaching? And I was like, hundred percent, you can join. Like you're, you're good in this program. But if I just said any program all the time, it's just so vague versus like very specific. So you'll get those people outside of the niche asking if you can help them too.
0: Yeah, you know, when you think about it like the messaging. I turn people off if they're too general. Like it, yeah. like like mentally it, for the tension, it 100%. shuts off. But like when you hear somebody say, "Hey, are you having problems with?" uh, I'm Trying to think of something. I'm having problems. With. I don't have problems that I can think of right now. But specifically, like, yeah, uh, does your car like wobble when you drive it, <laughs> like something like that. Yeah, you know. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I have. I am having that problem. What do you What do you got to say about that? Yeah. yeah so
1: exactly. And I had and a with, client actually. Oh, sorry. No, no. Um, a good example of this, I had a client who's a relationship coach and she, that's very general and great, but it's, that's very general. Right. And so mm-hmm. she then got really specific to helping women with anxious attachment and her business blew up. It was like overnight. It was so incredible. And she had to explain and really show what anxious attachment was. But once she did, it was like her people started coming. So instead of just any relationship, really helping women with that. So that would just a little example that yeah, and it's
0: counterintuitive because we think like we're going to exclude so many people but it's really just the messaging that you're concerned with like you're yeah to, yeah. yeah exactly so, so as you got going what was mm-hmm. the first thing that took off for you like what was your like first offer that you were like wow this works
1: <laughs> yeah I would say when I transitioned into from fitness coaching to business coaching, I kind of did it under the table, if you will. I didn't really announce it. I was uh, getting clients behind the scenes, I was coaching another program. So that got me a lot of one on one. So it wasn't until that, that was booked out, but then I launched a group program and it was my first like real launch in this, this new business. And I thought I would love to get like 10 people. That'd be awesome. And I ended up getting 30 people and I was floored. I was like, Whoa, there's something really to this. But I think the biggest thing I learned from that launch was one, I had built my audience and credibility for at least a year before launching that. That was a long time, barely asking for the sale. And I don't think you have to wait that long. guy <laughs> I, I, I waited I had stuff behind the scenes, so I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad I had that time to build so much trust that by the time I launched, people were like, finally, I've been wanting to join something of yours. You know, I want to get coached by you. Um the pricing of it was really reasonable and very accessible for people. And I was taking a form a formula or a framework that had worked in my one-on-one and just positioned it, tweaked it for group. So it was tried and true. I had plenty of testimonials and a really great accessible price point. And then I had the trust already built. So I think that's why it did so well.
0: Yeah. And, and clarity is so important too, right? Like really getting clear. People have so many things in their head that they could help people with. And then, and then like picking something, like how do you, how do you narrow them down into picking something? Mm. When you say picking something
1: like like picking like an a topic, offer,
0: niche or or an offer, yeah, yeah, any of that. Like yeah. if you have like, man, I have all these offers or I have all these things I could teach. Yeah, yeah, like clarity on that or narrowing That's that down. Great
1: question. Yeah, I, yeah, the place I honestly first start is what's your lived experience. I notice nine times out of ten, like I, I had a, someone recently. She's a teacher turned health coach, and she was resistant to helping teachers. Started to help teachers, her business started to take off, right? And I'm like, because that's what you know. And there's credibility, there's built in trust right there, because you're not a random person helping teachers. You are, you're, you were one. You get it. You understand their struggles. So that's the first place I usually encourage people to start is like, what is your background? What's your history? Or do you have a really close family member that, that you've helped through that specific area? Maybe you're not a mom, but all your sisters are and you've helped them all postpartum and you have a credential in that or something. Right. So it's, there's something in your wheelhouse that you're already kind of doing in your life or, or already had experience with. That's usually the lowest hanging fruit to get started. Like the best niche to start with. That's why I did fitness coaching. Cause I was like, I already did it. So I know how to talk to them.
0: Yep, yep, I love it. All right. So Mm -hmm. then from there, I want to know about podcasting. I want to know like with podcasting, when you started, um, but by, by the way, do you go on shows regularly too, or are you, are you mainly just your show?
1: I do. I haven't lately, just because of twin life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy, but I'm definitely gonna start once we're getting more of a routine now and all of that. So yeah, but I do. I love the how, how old, old are sure. they? seven weeks. Very oh, young.
0: Okay. It's that new. Holy newborns. Yeah. yeah. It's Jeez. been crazy. All right. And you're ready to get back on the road now though. <laughs> it's funny. Like, podcasting, you got yeah. Now, to go- podcasting, yeah. I love
1: podcasting. It's so yeah, yeah. fun. And yeah. my husband and I have a podcast together. So it's like, we're, we're just used to doing it, but, um, but that's really it. I'm not really yeah. working much besides that. So wh- what's your
0: husband do for work?
1: He actually was a professional poker player. So he's oh, awesome kind of doing that a little bit. He owned a ticket business. He's kind of getting back in that. And he does a lot of my business. We're like serial entrepreneurs, kind of always doing a little bit of everything. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: So, mm-hmm. so the podcast, uh, what has it done for you when you had your podcast, yeah. you guys are up and running, like what did the, like for like professionally, there's a transformation I've witnessed in my, in my life and I see other yeah. people. And then also professionally, what has it done for you? Like, and, and not mm-hmm. just your show, but like being a guest on shows, what have you noticed mm-hmm. your brand and everything?
1: Yeah, actually right now, two people or no, three people who have joined my program, my group program recently in the last like two months came from podcast interviews I was on. So literally it, it has resulted in really high quality sales. And the reason is, and I, I barely had to quote unquote sell um, I, I really had to just have a quick conversation with them, but they inquired with me. It's because it's such built-in trust. If mm-hmm. they're listening to this podcast that they love the host, they believe in them, and they that person signs off on me. They're like, This person's great, go look at her program. It's. They don't even need to think about it. They, they didn't even read the, the sales page. They asked me a couple little questions and like just for logistics and then they're in because they have that built-in trust. There's just so, There's that's why affiliates work so well or summits work so well is that that built-in trust or referral, so I think that's one great Thing that it's done, but then also for just my own podcast, having a regular show every single week for the last four or five years, it's been something so reliable that people can count on. And when, and, and you know, this because that's the podcasting world is all like this when you're like in someone's head, in their ears, in their most intimate moments, like people listen to podcasts while they're showering, mm-hmm. while they're on walks, while they're doing the dishes, you know, just their everyday life there's this trust immediately built in. It's so much more powerful than reading a caption, right? It's just, there's something about it. And so I actually did a poll and I asked my, uh, my, my group program. That's mainly what I'm focusing on now. I asked who here listens. It was like 95%. I think almost everyone listened to the podcast and that's where they really grew the trust. So yeah. it's hands down been so integral to the growth of my business.
0: Yeah. And networking of the hosts, like, you know, part of our business at that one, we were connecting people on top 5% ranked shows. Right. And, and I, a while back, I paid a guy $10,000 to connect me with his network. It had nothing to do with podcasting. This is before I was in the really, I was podcasting, but I didn't have this company. Yeah. I paid a guy 10 grand. He had one of the, the you know, he's the most connected people out there. So he connected me people through LinkedIn, text message, email for like six months. And I had this big giant network built through him because he was, you know, and he would only do this, he wouldn't just take money from people, yeah. um, for people that he would want to connect. And so podcasting, when we're doing what we're doing, it's similar to what he's doing, but the podcast part of it is like icing on the cake because it's really networking. Yeah. And you build this like incredible network of people. And I, when I'm getting a chance to spend 30 minutes to an hour with someone, I mean, that's time that we build upon a relationship to see what kind of like vibes there are, what synergy there is, collab mm-hmm. opportunities, what have you. So. It's phenomenal. Another thing you said was just funny is that they're in the intimate situation, like shower or Mm -hmm. walking or exercising, whatever, or in their car driving by themselves. Right. And I I listened to my show on accident the other day. I I don't know if you listen to your show, but like, I don't (laughs) generally do that.
1: Not usually. Yeah.
0: You know, my phone hooked to Bluetooth and there was a podcast, I guess, playing or something somehow. And it turned on in the car. Now I, I was like driving just in my own world. And all of a sudden I started, what am I listening to right now? After like five minutes, I didn't realize it was my show because it was like, when I'm doing this show with you right now, it doesn't feel like the way it sounds to me when I'm in the car. It's like, wow, this sounds pretty cool. Like it is intimate, like conversation going on, you know, two people in a studio or something. Anyway.
1: No, I love it. It does feel like you're like eavesdropping on someone's conversation. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And you know, I used to watch Larry King interview people back in the day on, I think it was CNN he was on, but, and then uh, Howard Stern, like him or love him like his interview style is just, that's just like the the best. Like he Mm. he gets people to really feel comfortable. And I I listened to that for years and just said, man, I could really be good at this. I know. I I love it. You know? Mm. And I talked to Larry King right before he passed and he said, C-Rock, just make people feel like they're just having a conversation with you. You know? So it's pretty awesome. So what's the vision from here, Meg? Like, like, you know, when you come up with another idea, another offer, Mm -hmm. you know, what, is that something you're always thinking about? Like what's going to be next?
1: Oh, it's so interesting. You catch me at a really interesting time to ask this question because everything is just when you become a parent, your life is just totally mm-hmm. thrown upside down and my priorities have changed and so much has shifted. And so I honestly, what I when I look at the future, I really see, I see something bigger than I've ever seen before, ironically, even though my life is busier and crazier than ever before, but I see it being more global. I see it being more one to many. Cause I've done so much one-on-one coaching and a lot of intimate hands-on coaching and I love it. But one time wise, just wanting to be with my boys all the time, but two, I just want to make a bigger impact and I want them to see that and be inspired by that too. So speaking events, podcast, definitely growing that and having that be such a really big focus um, and having just a lot more accessible offers. I started to dip into that near the end of last year with courses and and self-paced things, but I'm just realizing how many more people I can reach and help if there was more accessibility. A lot of the, the stuff I was brought up in, it was like high ticket, charge high ticket, uh, only do high ticket. And I love high ticket and I think it can do great, tra- have great transformations with it. But there's also a lot of growth that people can have from free or really low ticket things too. I, I've I've experienced that myself. So I really see it being more speaking, podcasting, and more one-to-many kind of offers. Um, yeah. And then on the side too is my husband and my brand. I just, I'm like, there's something that's gonna pop off with that. And I don't know where yet, but I see it being being really fun and really big.
0: And so do you see, whether it's you individually or as a couple, like being, not for ego, okay. For impact. Celebrities in your space?
1: It's interesting you say that. I I think so, I guess. Um, I, I I definitely think so. I'll be really honest, talk about vulnerable. I we we had a real go crazy viral, like over eight million views now, and it was a pretty polarizing topic, and which I knew, I knew it would get some backlash, and man. I had to, you got to get a thick skin if you're going to gonna do that. So I say yes, but I realized in that moment, I have to work on like not caring so much yeah. what people think, because of course you're going to get opposing views. That's good. Like you mm-hmm. want that healthy debate. That's a great thing. We should all, you know, have different perspectives. But man, it was tough. So, yes, I definitely can see us getting there, but I know I have to work on being able to hold yeah. that space if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> 100%. And you know what makes this so easy is a decision, right? This one yeah. decision is it's not about me. Yeah. Exactly. And once I decide like this is for me, like I've realized that it's not right. about me and also yeah. their reaction is only a reflection of what's going on inside of them. Totally. When I've realized that, I was just like nobody can ever pull a string. Like I'm not a puppet anymore. Like I'm I'm full control. Nobody yeah. has anything on me. And I, I'll never take things personally. Because yeah. I realize that if I do or get upset or any of the emotion comes in, I'm out of control or somebody has control over me. And once I realized yeah. that, I was clear on that, I'm like, this is easy. <laughs>
1: oh, so, I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm working on it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But hundred, my husband was like, so he's so like you in that way. He was like, not phased. He's like, this is great. They're boosting our algorithm. It's getting even yeah. more views. Like, yeah, let's fuel it. This is awesome. And I'm like, ah, they hate me. He's like, yeah. no, who cares? It was really, really funny. So yeah. Working on that. That's so, that's so smart. It's not about you. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. All right. Where's the best place for people to go? Is it your website? Yeah, want, Megan
1: com. Um, Honestly, I hang out a lot on Instagram at Megan Um, and the Pretty Awkward Entrepreneur. That's where the podcast is. So if you're already listening to a podcast, come on over and, and say, Hey,
0: guys, go check her out. Make sure you listen to our show in the shower, especially the, the, do you guys have one uh, podcast together too?
1: Yeah, we have a, it's called Megan Mike do marriage. Um, yeah. If you just search that, that's TikTok, well, Instagram
0: hold on guys. Don't listen to that one in the shower. Okay. <laughs> Let's separate this. St- anyway, uh, I'll stop Meg. I- I- I'm on so, uh, it. So anyway, so thank you for being here and I uh, really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing where we, you know, there's definitely synergy here where we can collab. I just want to help. I wake up every morning and obsess with helping people and elevating people because uh, it's just, I just have this ability and I don't, I don't want to like waste it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that. But, yeah. Thank you so much guys. Thank you for being here, listening, watching, however you're consuming this content. Make sure you like and subscribe. Go to the Instagram channel and let me know that you're seeing us here. We're putting a lot of content out there for you as well. And until next time, it's your boy C-Rock signing off from That One Studio on the What Are You Made Of Show. Until next time, beat that one.
1: Music